Hello, everyone. Welcome to Art and Rural Knowledge, the podcast. I'm Adele. Today, I'm going to share with you the first part of my visit with multifaceted musician and artist Mary Beth Cardi. I recently invited myself over for a little piano, as you can hear in the background, and jam making. In addition to Mary Beth's many performative, musical, and visual art talents, she is also very knowledgeable about preserves and perennials, and she takes me through the process of black currant jam making. So without further ado, here's the first part of our jam session. Don't tell me these are blueberries and not blackcurrants. <laughs> they are blueberries. <laughs> no, but these are blackcurrants. Maybe you we'll could just do, do like... one, one batch. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Single batch. Yeah. Perfect. That's fine. Okay, I'm gonna I'll give you the measuring cup. Okay. We're gonna measure out three and three quarters cups of water. We're we putting it in the steel pot. Yeah. Berries. I measured the berries out according to the recipe because I didn't have time to make jam in July or whenever I picked them. Although I did make three batches, so that was enough. But I had this brilliant idea. It is brilliant to like. <laughs> I, cause I never do that, and we always end up. Adam ends up not having enough jam. Like he'll run out this time of year. Really? And then we're like, oh. So right now I'm just there's a few leaves and little sticks and things that are rising to the top. So about. But you know what? You boil it for so long that those things just kind of actually anyway. yeah, and they are edible. Like some people will use blackcurrant leaves in their pickles and things like this. Oh. But yeah, so that that'll all pretty much disappear. Now no one will want to eat my jam, which is perfect because <laughs> I don't want anyone to eat it. Like once people get hooked on it, they just want it in their fridge all the time because it's so good. It has like a tartness to it. You know, it's good with a peanut butter sandwich. It's good with your eggs and toast. It's good in the center of a cookie. <laughs> you can make a cheesecake and kind of use oh my it God. as a topping. <laughs> so the Appleton Chocolate Company is this little chocolate company close to like Wentworth and they do a black currant covered chocolate thing and it's my favorite. It's so good. There's so many possibilities. <laughs> I have like this dream of creating a black currant plantation. One of the good things about these berries is it's kind of ripe for several weeks. Is it? When do they? a month and a half. When do they start being ripe? Uh, if I recall, it is mid-July. But you can get the first ripe ones and kind of leave other ones to ripen. That's why it's kind of over a period of time. Okay. And they will, you can leave them on the bush and they will sun dry there too. So you can have like dried currants. So say if I wanted to grow currants, mm-hmm. I would just get clippings from yeah. another person's current bush? <laughs> yeah, that's what I do is um, every spring, early, 
So one of the first things I'm out in the garden doing is cutting off the branches that are kind of in the way of other branches. They need to go. Are they kind of pruning like, them? Um, is it like raspberries? Uh, they grow. They're not in the same family as raspberries okay. exactly. Yeah. Gooseberries and red currants and white currants are all in the same in the family. Same. Okay. But yeah, you can kind of see on the branch where the roots are going to grow out. It's If you just stick them in some water, you can kind of watch them grow. Mm-hmm. My grandfather had red currant bushes on the land. My grandmother made jam. I think they're like a secret ingredient to a lot of different jams because they have like big seeds in them, which are high in pectin. Mm-hmm. So the red currants would be used to pair with other fruits that didn't have so much pectin. So... Oh, that's neat. Okay, so we're making jam without pectin. I've never (laughs) done that before, but it's neat. So there's just pectin in the seeds. Yeah, so in these berries, there are really big seeds. And like right now, it's just the berries with a lot of water. But if you look at this seed, it's pretty big for a berry. For the size of a berry. Yeah. And they're fleshy on the inside. They're really not good to eat. I don't really like eating them raw. Like I would never... Yeah, and they have a really strong flavor, and as a crisp, I do like to, oh, boil them down before I use them to make a dessert or something. You really have to boil them for a long time. So I discovered that you can boil them down, a cup or so of black currants, a cup of water, boil that for like an hour, and then, you know, if you have like ripe, overripe bananas, bananas have a very strong flavor, so it really pairs well with the black currants. Yeah. Because they both have equally strong flavors, so you can both kind of taste both of them. It balances out. Yeah, like I wouldn't mix them with blueberries because it would just completely overpower the flavor of blueberries. Yeah. I made like a tropical blackcurrant crisp before with like mangoes and pineapples. (laughs) Yummy. That's really good. You're so passionate about (laughs) blackcurrant. I'm so passionate about blackcurrants and other currants in that family. (laughs) But blackcurrants, the thing about them is that they're the easiest. You don't have to stem them or pit them. They just come right off the bush. And yeah, and you can just cook with them. You, yeah. So these are... Yeah, I oh, just, is that a current too? Mm, actually, well, yeah, I just reached into the freezer here and <laughs> pulled out this little baggie of enough, just the right amount of uh, gooseberries. Oh, this is gooseberry. Make, um, to make a crumble or a pie. They look really nice frozen, though. They are really beautiful. So does gooseberry have the natural pectin in it too? I've heard that before. Yeah, it does. Um, it's a little more labor intensive than the blackcurrant because it has a little stem on top and a little tail on the bottom that you kind of have to pick yeah. off. So it's like one of these tedious things that you can do on a warm summer's night out on the deck, but it, it does take a lot of time. It's boiling. <laughs> so... How much sugar to berries to water? Yeah, yeah, we should say the recipe. Yeah, so the recipe is four cups of black currants, three and three quarter cups of water, and then you boil just those things together until the berries um, boils down a lot, and it gets thick. What's the consistency that you would be looking for kind of like a you know kind of like a jam because you see the berries right now are really full and big and solid like you want to you want them to break and kind of start to get jammy yeah yeah and there's no real time for it you just kind of have to feel it out (laughs) 
Just cook them until until it's right. Yeah, and then you add six cups of sugar, which sounds crazy, but it's still kind of a tart jam. Like, even my father won't even eat it. He finds it too tart. Yeah. So now it's boiling at full blast, so I'm going to turn it down to simmer. And I'm gonna... Oh, it smells so good. It, didn't it get... smells like rhubarb. It's cool. I picked them in July, and they're not freezer burnt at all. No. I, I, you know, you try and get all the air out of the bag, so, and put the twist tie on really tight so no air gets in. Oh, man. It smells like summer. They're not, they don't smell as good as they would if they were freshly picked. Well, this is the first time I've done this, actually. Oh, it's the I've done it with the frozen berries. Because that's the thing. Um, going on tour, I don't want the berries to rot. The best thing to do is throw them in the freezer. Yeah, know? absolutely. Well, it's good to do that. It's smart mm-hmm. that you did. So you said you did like two batches of jam. Well, two or three. Two or three. Did no. those get used up pretty quick? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially um, my boyfriend really likes them. And he goes through. He'll put, he'll put it on his oatmeal, have it on his toast. Nice. My mother really likes it. Um, Marilyn here really likes it. Awesome. I really like it. Yeah. And so I, I just make enough to feed my immediate family and friends. Mm-hmm. A few gifts here and there, but not even really enough to give a significant amount of Christmas presents. Oh, People I know. just love it so much. <laughs> with, with certain things that we make, we will give for Christmas presents, and some things we don't. Like strawberry jam is like, no one gets that. That's, <laughs> that's, that's ours. And yeah, just it's, certain things you can't give away because you're like, it took me so long to do. And you never know and if the person is going to eat them. It's true. And for something that is so valuable to you, because you spent all this time doing it, and it's, yeah, it's hard to give that away and to think that, you know, it might just sit on the shelf and not get, and you, yeah. you don't even know what it is. Well, I would <laughs> way rather buy a jar of jam and give it to someone than <laughs> yeah. my homemade jam. Because yeah. just the time that goes into it, you would... Yeah, no, it is wonderful. Oh, I can't get over the smell of it. It makes me feel happy. You could never really buy this either. I mean, these are hand-picked organic Mm -hmm. berries. I know where they came from, right? Yeah. From my my yard, so I don't even have any in the fridge. The only, if you wanted to try some jam, I have another batch that I made, which is this red currant, which is almost like a marmalade. There's like a full lemon in this recipe. Would you like to try some? I would love to try okay. some. <laughs> Should I put on some toast? Oh, oh, I have some crackers. Good with crackers and cheese. This, uh, <laughs> yeah, this black cream jam is really good with a strong little cheddar. Oh, I can imagine. Mm, it's good with a strong cheese, like even goat cheese. So, when did you start getting into making jams? Is it something that you've always done since you were young? Like, is it, does your mom no. do a lot of jams? No, my mother doesn't make jam. And uh, it was only when I was in university that I started getting into it. My my roommate Annie Annie Clifford. She lives in King, she's from Kingston and she has a cool band called the Gertrudes. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> shout out. But uh, she and I were really into this sort of homesteading style of like we made our own beer and wine and did a lot of baking and we noticed there were rose hips growing on campus. So we went to King's College in Halifax. And so we picked the rose hips and tried to make rose hip jelly. It didn't really work out, but that was the that was that was the beginning. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome! (laughs) Hilarious. So I was in Quebec this weekend. Speaking of rural, yeah, (laughs) playing at this festival in the middle of nowhere in Quebec, west of Quebec City, but east of Montreal, in this little village called Saint Bernard de Michaudville. 
really, really in the middle of nowhere. Like we, the way we were staying on the Chemin des Patriotes, um, which is like the old highway in an auberge. It's cute. The carpet was from the 80s. It was kind of gross. But the rest of it was great. <laughs> really charming. Great breakfast. Anyways, yeah, so we drove around the Rotlevon. Those are like the rural routes. Mm-hmm. And just it almost like made a square to get to this village. And the festival was in a church um, that had the pews taken out. Aww. So it was like a hardwood dance floor. Oh, <laughs> that's amazing. And they had chairs set up so people could sit if they wanted to. But um, dancing was kind of priority. So people were standing and dancing. There was a bar at the back, full bar. And uh, you, could get, you could get hot dogs on the side and chips and stuff. <laughs> Backstage, they had this wicked spread with amazing cheeses and salads and everything. Anyways, it was a good time. I played there with my cousins Cassie and Maggie McDonald. And the outside track was playing in Les Poulets Palais. And it was really wicked. And we stayed up till 5 in the morning the day, Saturday night. Everyone sits in a random circle and just sings old songs, like oh. call and response songs. What? Old guys, young guys. Like, there was a 12-year-old boy just doing doing the foot tapping. <laughs> like, it was a real family kind oh, of event. Oh, wow. Really nice. But anyways, on the way back, we stopped in Cabineau. You know, that fromagerie in Cabineau on the side of the highway. And so I got this cheddar. Oh. This old cheddar. So we'll try it with the red currant jam. Oh, my gosh. Look at these berries. Yeah, it's like you don't really have to do anything for a lot of the process, but you just at least have to be there. Although I have been known to like let it keep it simmering and then just go outside and you know pick lemon balm or <laughs> you know that sort of thing. Yeah. So it's a pretty chill process. Yeah, no, because I'm away so much, all I can really do is the perennials, and they're really easy like it's basically in the spring mm -hmm. um you have to kind of prune them make sure there's lots of mulch around the bottom so I, i'm always looking for bags of leaves mm -hmm. i find that people in town have lots of bags of leaves so i'll put those around the base or like straw or um, eat them oh that's really smart i never thought about that mulch like with leaves yeah and that's a good time to transplant and plant your prunings and things like that it's good for them to be dug up and moved yeah, they kind of like it because it loosens up the soil and gives their roots a new... When's the best time to dig up a bush and move it? Oh, spring, like May. May? When's it too late? It's kind of, it's never too late as long as you keep it watered every day. But like when it gets to that really hot July kind of weather, it's, good to it's not ideal. Them. Yeah. But they're pretty hardy. Are we going to try yeah, this? Try I'm really this. excited. Mmm. Mm. The jelly and the cheese together are amazing. Mm -hmm. Oh my god. Yeah, it has like a t tartness to it, mm. doesn't it? It's so good. Well, you're going to have to start growing black currant now, I think. Well, actually, the herb garden is another like passion because it is a perennial too. Yeah. So. Do you like to do the herbs too? Oh, yeah. Like, if you look to your left, <laughs> you, have... you will see my mint. Oh, wow. There's some. Um, I'm also like a scavenger, so this mm -hmm. thyme is from outside the library in town. In town. Really? Yeah. That's amazing. So I just dry it, like I tied a string to it and then hung it for a few days, and then I put it in a brown paper bag to let it dry out a little more. It doesn't get dusty that way. And then I put it in my mason jars. Um, so And then I have lemon balm, which I drink every night. 
Really? Because it uh, helps me I sleep. I have some dried lemon balm, and I just don't know what to do with it, tea? but it's good for sleeping. Oh, yeah, I make tea every night. That's, like, the only way I can survive. Really? Otherwise, I'm a terrible insomniac, and no, like, drug that the doctor would ever give you would, would help me. <laughs> oh, no. It isn't amazing. Like, so sometimes it, sometimes I can do without, but if I'm in a bad bout of it, mm-hmm. I'll even make, like, three cups of it. And it helps And sleep. then if I wake up during the night, I'll just drink some of it. That's awesome. You That's great. Look at all the herbs. So you grow mint. I want to ask you about mint because it's one of mint is like my favorite thing. And I've never grown mm. it because I've been terrified of because oh, yeah. people are like, oh, it takes over. And oh, blah, no. blah. And so I just never know where to plant it, and then I just give up and don't plant it well, at all. But no, you know, talk to me about mint. Don't <laughs> listen to those people because <laughs> mint. You can never have too much mint. Mm, that's but, what I think. I want a mint yard. The thing <laughs> is, like, and there are ways. I mean, it's all about cultivating. If you don't want mint in your vegetable garden, don't plant it there. <laughs> um, because mm-hmm. when you till it, that's when it spreads everywhere. Oh, okay. But if you do want a mint yard, well then do t- choose your patch and then till it in, and you will have a mint yard. Mm. I want a mint yard. <laughs> I oh, do. You, you oh, honestly, that's so good. You honestly can't have too much mint because you can use it for so many different things. Food, like putting it on meat, like mint on like lamb. Mm. What? <laughs> and make a mint relish that is to die for. Oh my gosh. And just apples, raisins, vinegar, sugar, um, mustard um, powder. And oh, it's so good on lamb or even just on bread. Mm. And like mojitos. <laughs> exactly. I think yeah. you can like make mint syrup. And then just add it to soda. Oh yeah. Oh for sure. For a refreshing drink of ice. Yeah. But you would never need to buy another can of anything. <laughs> <laughs> if you just had a mint yard, you'd be set. I know. <laughs> it's true. Well, good then because I yeah I want to grow mint. Uh, this is going full blast. Oh, it smells so good. Here you can go berries. Occasionally. So you can stir and just get a feel for it. What do you think of that? Too liquidy. Yeah, definitely too liquidy. Yeah. Not jam yet. <laughs> <laughs>